You know, we talk about the challenges that we face as a nation and individuals and families. And one of those challenges is the culture and upstream of culture is entertainment. And we've talked a lot with some filmmakers, with various people in the entertainment industry, but we had someone come into the economic war room uh, very recently with the name Marcus Pittman and his wife, Laura. And they came and they told us about an innovative idea. And when I say innovative idea, I mean this is an entrepreneur with a great idea that's going to weaponize money that's going to help take back the culture. And I want to share that story. Now, we don't give investment advice on this show. If you want investment advice, you need to have an investment advisor. And we'll give ideas to the advisors. But this is so creative, so innovative, and so powerful that I wanted to introduce it to you. And I want to welcome you, Marcus, to the Economic War Room. Thank you for having me. So my name is Marcus Pittman. I'm the CEO of Lore.TV, Lore TV. And basically what we're doing is we're creating a streaming platform that takes the power to greenlight movies and TV shows out of the executive's hands. So right now, um, all the movies and TV shows you see come in all, in all of the United States and the world pretty much come from about six people in the United States. Six people, primarily Hollywood. I mean, your teacher head of CD, canceled yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, head of Disney, head of Paramount, head of uh, all those streaming, Netflix, right? right. So all the, all the six streaming companies, those are the ones that make the decision as to what movies and TV shows you and your family watch. And so... And that is impactful. Yeah. If they decide it, they decide where the culture goes. Yeah, because, and, they, and they're doing it with... Uh, they know it's propaganda, right? So they're, they're telling stories that are completely opposed to conservative values, Christian values, uh, all that sort of stuff. And uh, they're doing it on purpose. Uh, they're putting, you know, LGBT standards, diversity standards, critical race theory, Marxist, new, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff is being cultural Marxism. All that sort of stuff is being implemented in your stories that your children watch and the cartoons that your kids watch, um, and they and the shows that even you and your wife watch. Yeah. Well, and and there's an economic component to it. We, we've featured a Stephen Sukup who wrote The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, but it is not surprising that you see the mouse <laughs> right there on the cover of the book. With, with the Amazon Prime uh, unhappy face. Yes, exactly. And the, subtle, really good. The point of this, though, is that these are economic decisions that are being made that are controlling and implementing and affecting the culture. And you, you are dealing with it on a daily basis. You studied it in detail. Keep going. Right. So, so basically, we thought is... Uh, basically, every streamer uh, has, uh, they give their money to Netflix and Disney or, or for their streaming platform, but they have no say in the content that's being made, that's right? right. And, and they're being lied to and they're told that these streaming platforms, this is what people are watching, this is the top 10, you know, this is, but, but it's, not, it's not, we found out it's not true, the algorithms are lying to you to make you think, people are watching this gay TV show, it's a top show on Netflix and all this stuff. They're manipulating you because of, they're using essentially crowd theory behavior mm -hmm. so that you, you, I don't wanna be outside the, the, the crowd, and they're pushing you towards what they think is important. Right, so you uh, don't have any choice in the content that's being made, you just accept it. Every now and then something really good will come along like, you know, the Mandalorian, uh, but they'll, they'll fire Gina, right? Because um, she's not woke enough. Yeah, she's not woke enough and, you know, and so, uh, but, but ultimately those stories are not 
because of Disney, those stories are good because we are image bearers. We are created in the image of God. And The Mandalorian is about a father rescuing a child and adoption and covenant and all those sort of... Now, Disney doesn't recognize that. They don't get that. They don't understand why this show is so successful. Uh, but that's really at the core of it. We are all human created by God. And so our stories that really change the world, the best stories are those sort of stories that uh, are inherent within us as image bearers. That resonate. You know, I, I look at the original Marvel movies and they're all very conservative stories, mm-hmm. Captain America and so forth. They're all very, but, but there's something's happened fighting recently. Fighting Nazis? Yes, fighting Nazis <laughs> and, and, and telling what happened the, to those the stories, human struggle right? and, and, you know, the little guy overcoming. And, but now we're seeing every, every episode has to have a gay character. Every yeah. t- television show, not that that's not part of life, but it's become a dominant part of life. And even like um, uh, you'll see on Bill Maher, who says, you know, the way the trend is happening now, uh, uh, gay was part of 1% of the population, then it was 5%. To, you know, by the time we hit 2050, it's going to be 100% of the population <laughs> if these trends continue. That's being pushed on us culturally. Yes, right. Yeah, so um, it's, it's done that way through the stories that are told and, and, and the movies that are told. And so one of, one of the things is liberals, when you talk about like entertainment being upstream, um, Liberals like to pass laws using stories, right? Conservatives, are we very much look at stories and we go, we look at laws and go, well, if we're going to pass, you know, this abortion law, this abortion law will reduce abortion by this many stats and these figures and, you know, this sort of thing. And then here comes the liberal and they go, yeah, but the woman who's been raped. And then they tell the story. It's a sob story. It feels emotionally. So they pass laws with stories. um, And conservatives, we use facts and data to try to, past laws. But the problem is in scripture, God tells his law through stories. Moses going up, burning bush, coming down. There's not a single law in all of scripture that isn't revealed to us through some sort of narrative arc. Um, And so liberals get that. (laughs) And so that's how they're able to, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, they're putting Ellen in in television. You know, Kevin Sorbo was here talking about Ellen, right? And then, you know, then you have Will and Grace, and then slowly you have uh, uh, a burger fell, right? The Supreme Court, right? right. So, so it just, it's just a slow, it's all done with stories and narratives and these sort of things. And then when it comes to conservative movies, for, you know, for, you know I, I was, uh, worked for the ad agency uh, that did Pure Flix's ads and spin. So I'm very familiar with the Christian film industry. They, they just make content that already appeals to the values that the conservatives already hold. So there's no, there's no offensive, right? They're not using, conservatives aren't they're using media to fight the, the culture. culture. They're just feeding the, yeah, the they're just feeding the people that already believe. Right? <laughs> right, they're like, oh, this is great. You know, this is the stuff that we like. And we, you know, but you're not pushing conservatives to do more with that sort of content. And you're not making liberals angry um, uh, and <clears throat> or, or converting liberals to your side, right? So. Well, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about your plan to influence the culture in a positive way and to unleash creativity and give us better stories. Marcus, you've been describing the power of stories, how they can influence culture, how they can resonate with individuals. 
Uh, tell us, we know what Hollywood is doing, and we know that the, the threat that that's brought to our culture. What are you doing that's going to change things? Yeah, so I was actually, I made two uh, documentaries on abortion. Uh, the second one I made, I put up on Amazon Prime, and it was deleted from Amazon Prime. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, it was deleted and removed, and we had a big billboard up in Phoenix that's, that had the name of the movie. It was called Babies Are Still Murdered Here, and you know everybody was going to Amazon Prime to watch it, and then Amazon just went and just nipped it. Uh, and I was like, this is a problem, right? Because you know my movie was too edgy for the Christian crowd. It was, uh, you know, pretty pretty uh, standard abortion film. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a happy-go-lucky sort of thing. And then um, it was, def I mean, there was definitely, it wasn't going to go on Netflix, <laughs> an anti-abortion movie. So I thought, we need a platform um, as conservatives, as Christians, that can tell stories that aren't allowed to be told anywhere else. Now, you work for Pure Flix, right? Well, I worked for an ad agency that, that did, did yeah. Is Pure Flix that platform? Well, Pure Flix is owned by Sony now. Right? Okay. So PureFlix is now owned by a liberal Marxist organization. Uh, that, uh, so that creates a lot of problems now in terms of what sort of content will they allow? You know, will, they, um, uh, will Sony allow you to make a movie under the PureFlix banner about um, a homosexual uh, repenting of homosexuality and turning to Christ. Oh no, that's conversion therapy. <laughs> yeah, that's conversion that. therapy, right? Yeah. So you can't have that, you know. But you know, Sony's the same company that's making This Is Us, and they're pushing the LGBT narratives and that sort of show too, as well. So right, so all the profits from these Christian movies, um, even if they were really good movies, they're still going to fuel. Uh, the the projects that Sony wants to do, right? So basically, um, so yeah. potential constraints on the the programming from Sony, either if it's too edgy, it's not going to make them enough money from the Christian audience, perhaps, and and uh, if it's not edgy enough, that's a problem. And if you know, so Sony Sony's not the answer. Yeah, you, no. you have an answer. Yeah. So the answer is to let the monthly subscribers be able to fund the movies and TV shows they want to see made with their subscription dollars. So instead of the executives in Hollywood making those decisions, we're passing that down and we're giving the subscribers an allotment of their monthly subscription to be able to fund movies and TV shows. And when they reach, some movies are already done, and then they reach 100%. You can stream them immediately as soon as the funding goals are reached. And then others will go into production as soon as their funding goal is reached. Well, it seems like, you know, The Chosen started a model like that, but it was for their one series. You're talking about doing it much more broadly than that. Yeah, much more broadly. So and with our platform, uh, no one's uh, investing in the content, you're, you're, as a monthly subscriber, you're paying to be able to watch the content. Uh, that's right. what you do. And so, but the difference is, everything is crowdfunding at some level, right? Like it's basic economics, right? So Netflix takes a percentage of all the monthly subscribers, and then they fund their movies and TV shows that they want to spend. But they determine. They determine it. So we're they just take saying, our dollars, and they determine. You know what yeah. this reminds me of? We we cover it all the time. When you buy an index fund in the stock market. Uh, they buy the index of securities, and you think, well, I'm getting an index of securities, but then they take the dollars and the investments and they vote the shares for their agenda. Hollywood's been voting my Netflix dollars, my Amazon Prime dollars, 
my Paramount Plus dollars. They've been voting all of that for what they want to see to move the culture. And you're saying you want to give people what they want to see. Yeah, that, that's, 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 what it, that's what it does. And we saw this happen with our beta project. People were very excited about certain projects. And uh, there were some people who didn't want to fund one project. But then because other people funded it for them, it was on the platform. Once it's funded, whether you funded it or not, you, everybody gets to watch it. Uh, they were watched it and really liked it and started funding additional episodes. It's a really creative idea. Yeah. You give it putting the power back to the people, which is what the internet was supposed to do, right? right? It's, and now you're doing it. Tell us more about what that is and how to, how to get it. Yeah, so uh, if you go to lore.tv right now, you can join our mailing list. Lure, L O-O-R dot TV. If you go there, you can join our mailing list. And we're about to, uh, we just closed out our beta because, because our show's funded faster than uh, we thought it would. Um, so now we're about, we're about to implement payment uh, abilities and then actually bring on monthly subscribers to start funding projects. We have 25, over 25, near, near 30 now, movies and TV shows. Uh, that we have contracts for exclusively. They value about $132 million. Um, and we've paid no money for this content because all the risk is creator side, not streamer side. Right. So the, the creators are pitching to the monthly subscribers for them to be able to fund their projects. And if I get this right, they get paid back with the money that's been held aside, essentially, yep. you pay them. So I subscribe and I'm paying $15 a month. Mm -hmm. And over a year, I'm paying $180 a year. That's what happens with Netflix. Right. But the difference is I get to vote where those dollars go Beforehand. to pay for the content. Right, so you just watch Netflix. And I know what I'm gonna get. Right, <laughs> you know exactly what you're gonna get. And if you don't like it, you don't have to fund the next episode. Right. <laughs> or you can, uh, you can uh, just, uh, just not fund their second season. Right, so the, the, the algorithm is legitimate based on consumer spending behavior, not just consumer viewing behavior. Consumer spending behavior is way more of a, a detail, uh, like a, an important metric than viewing detail, because you watch stuff on Netflix and you, know, you might not like it, but yeah. you're just trying to look for something to fall asleep to, right? That's not, that's not a, sh a, a, a good thing that that show is good. Yeah. Uh, that's just something you fall asleep to. So we're able to actually say, no, not, not only are people watching this show, but they're putting their subscription dollars to this show. Like this is a show they want to see. And that's a much more accurate metric in terms of uh, creating a free market when it comes to streaming uh, than anyone's ever been able to do. I, I say we're like the Uber of Hollywood. We're just decentralizing the taxi cab industry yeah. and just taking all the power out of the C-suites and putting it right in the hands of the, the users. Oh, I love that analogy because uh, now nobody thinks in the, the old days with a cab, the cab company controlled and you had to call in and it was inefficient and everything else. Now it's, this is really, really creative. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped about it, and uh, it also the best part about it is it, it allows the filmmakers to be able to make the content that they want, um, and they don't have to worry about Hollywood executives saying, "Oh well, we need to insert you know this many diverse cast members, this many LGBT cast members, and then we have to rewrite the arc because you know our data and our polls show that people don't like it when a movie is you know ends on this note or whatever." <laughs> And so uh, we're, we're allow the artists to uh, be really creative and 
and, and, and be able to really tell the stories that they want. So That's great. When we come back, I want to take a break, but I want to talk about exactly how you're going to implement this, if there is an investable opportunity that advisors can look at, and so forth. Marcus, you've given us uh, an opportunity to maybe control our own content a little better. This is like the next evolution. We went from you could only see things in the theater, then you could get VHS tapes, then you could get DVDs, and, and then you could get them mailed to you, then you could watch streaming content. You're taking it to the next level. You don't just have to pick from all the streaming content that's being created. You, as a viewer, can determine the content that's being created. Right. That's really revolutionary. Yeah, and the best part about it is our filmmakers uh, are very passionate about this idea. Because We were just talking with a, a filmmaker the other day, a Christian filmmaker, and he was... Uh, pitching a show and working on a show for a Christian streaming platform, actually. And they were like, oh, well, you know, we should, you know, take God out of this, take Jesus out of this. Don't say that sort of stuff, you, you know, as much as we should. And eventually it was whittled down to where he had no control over his own project anymore yeah. at, at the point. Um, but with us, we're saying, no, no, the filmmaker, we want to give filmmakers the freedom to not only uh, make content, uh, but also be able to tell the stories that no one else will, will let uh, be told. One of those, for example, is a story we're working on called Capital. It's, a, it's, a, it's a basically like a scripted, like Aaron Sorkin, West Wing sort of political show, okay. but uh, it's not about uh, uh, fictional characters. It's about the people that were involved in the 2008 financial banking crisis that's being uh, written and directed by one of the guys that actually worked for Andrew Breitbart during that time and was reporting on it, right? Well, that's an issue very near and dear to my heart, <laughs> that 2008 financial crisis. Yeah, so, so that, sort of, that, like, that sort of show is a show that, you know, uh, you know it's, not, it's not a Christian show, so it wouldn't work on any of the Christian streaming platforms, but, and it's definitely not going to work on a, uh, you know, in the, in the liberal not world. Not woke enough. Right, it's definitely not woke enough. And so, so there's shows like that. There's, um, we, we, we just uh, have a show uh, that we just announced with the guy that did uh, Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Laboratory, producer and director, not just, uh, you know, an animator. He's right. producer and director of Powerpuff Girls, producer and director of Dexter's Laboratory. He worked on pretty much every Cartoon Network show, built Cartoon Network. He was uh, me too'd. The uh, uh, heck lost everything uh, and became a Christian through the process, and now he's working on animating a series called Busted Bible Stories. Uh, that's absolutely incredible, um, just work of animation. And um, but those are, those are things. See, where was he going to go? He wasn't going to go to Hollywood, right? Um, and so you know what I think. I think there are a lot of people in Hollywood working for the big corporations that share our values, that that care about the culture of America, but have been silenced and siloed and told you. Can't can't do that. Yeah, and, they have golden so handcuffs on, and right? They're, and, and they're getting paid well, so they won't speak up. Right. But you're getting... I, I but we're talking to them. We're talking to those people. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of them. We talked to um, uh, secret uh, Christian Bible studies at Disney. Like they're, like, they're there, right? There's all employees that are get together. They, but they, just like, what do they do? They're afraid to speak out. Yeah, they, they're afraid to speak out, and they literally have no control. Like, they have no... Um, um, they have no uh, sort of uh, weight to carry and make Uber those analogy is so good because Uber literally puts the power in the hands of the consumer mm -hmm. and the provider. Yep. And it takes out the middle. Right. We don't right? need executives 
telling you the stories that you want to see. Or <laughs> you should to be see. Able, or yes. to see. You should be able to do that on your completely on your own. Um, and also, they're really bad at it. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> the stories are really bad. Worse they're getting worse because they used to nudge us to their leftist agenda. Now they hit us over the head with the leftist agenda. Right. They're, you can't. You couldn't used to be make they, pre a they preach more their agenda more than most Christian movies. Right, did. you couldn't used to make a Christian movie without a baptism at the end. Right now, you can't make a, a Hollywood movie without recognizing that American culture is bad. That that women can beat up men any opportunity right. they want to. Uh, that if you believe in in a different thing than the Christian religion, then you're acceptable. But atheism is even better. And, and that, by the way, uh, homo sexuality is superior in every respect. Right. That, that is the woke Hollywood movie now. So I do have a question though. How are you gonna have the technical capabilities to give the great experience? Like Netflix, one of the things that works is it works. Right. You can it tune it in and it streams and you can watch and then you can stop in the middle, you can pause it, you can, you know, it, it actually streams extremely well. Right. Yeah, so that, that is a matter of being able to hire the best people. Um, and right now we have a great opportunity when it comes to technology because all the stuff we're talking about in Hollywood is equal to Silicon Valley, right? You have the same amount of Christians and conservatives that are just looking to get uh, a job in either a Christian or conservative company that's not gonna make them get vaxxed, that's not gonna you know, make them do whatever. But we also too, we, 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 we need to pay the fair market wage, right? right. And so we labor can't- Labor deserves his yeah, wages. We're not, right a, we're not a nonprofit organization, right? A, labor, a laborer deserves their wages. And so we have to match what, what uh, Silicon Valley's matching. How much scale do you need? At $15 a month, what, what are your visions? Yeah, so we could fund our entire slate of con contracts right now <clears throat> with just 300,000 monthly subscribers. That's not a lot. Uh, Netflix lost 200,000 Ex last month, exactly. I think. Right, so it's not a lot. Um, uh, you know, but it's just, it's just a, 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 all the problems uh, that we were worried about that would just kill uh, the platform from the ground we solved during beta and realized that they weren't problems and so now all the problems we have are just simple questions of capital it's like well you know how many subscribers do you need well we can get that just that's just marketing con figuring out our customer acquisition costs all those sort of things we can figure that out that's not hard um, and um, I think uh, you know what we've done so far on we started with a five hundred thousand dollar seed round and uh, we've acquired $132 million in contracts, right? All the streaming platforms are worried about, they seem to be boasting in who spends the most amount of money on content every month, right, or every year. And we're the only ones saying, we can do what you do and spend less on content, right? Like, well, that's because you've got a provider, it's the Uber thing. It's decentralization. The cost, the cost, the cost right. of a taxi ride is here, but when you agree with the provider, it's down here. Right. They're saying, this is the least amount of money that I will take, and the, and the consumer's saying, this is the most amount of money. I'll. It's the free market. Exactly, right. So that's what we're applying to movies and TV shows. I think that's the next big revolution and also the next you know, billion-dollar tech company. Again, we don't, I'm not going to encourage any viewers to make an investment. Right. I'm not going to suggest anything like that. But investment advisors might want to learn more on behalf of their clients. Where would they learn more about Lure? 
Yeah, so if you go to Lore.tv, there's an investor tab, and you can fill that out if in you know put if you're a accredited investor or whatever, and uh, and and that's that's uh, what we're doing. Our Series A, uh, we're seeking five million, uh, which is uh, minuscule amounts. I mean, people put more money into that in one movie, you know, or oh, yeah. the advertising for one movie is more than five million, but. But because uh, we don't have to spend with our model millions and millions of dollars on content, uh, we can just fund what we need uh, to, to keep the lights on and to bring on our tech team full time. Well, thank you, Marcus. All right, so this is just a creative idea. It's one of the kind of things that we have in the economic war room all the time. Uh, this is a great opportunity to learn about how Hollywood works. A lot of this we'll put in our economic battle plan. You can get your free copy at economicwarroom.com. But if you have a financial advisor and you want them to learn more on your behalf, have them go to lure.tv, L-O-O-R.tv to learn more. And if you don't have a financial advisor helping you, you should get one. Have them go to nsic.org or economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.